Yes, children, your questions, teachers and children. You may ask your questions, please. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Sir, Gayatri Mantra, sir, you are saying that Gayatri Mantra works uh, as for getting knowledge from the divine. But sir, it is mentioned in it is not in, mentioned in anywhere in the Rig Veda that Gayatri Mantra is supposed to give us knowledge. It is actually dedicated dedicated to a god Savitar. He is the god of uh, light of the Surya and the god of immovable, unmovable things. So, sir, some people say that it invokes knowledge in inside of us, and some say that it is for the protection of us. Some say that Gayatri mantra is not dedicated to Lord Gayatri. Some say that it is dedicated to Savitar. So, what? What should I do? I'm confused in that. Yes. And also, Gayatri is not mentioned inside of the Gayatri mantra. It is mentioned Savitar tat Savito Evarenyam. Yemit protect us Savitar. So, sir, why is it not uh, said that this is the Savitar mantra? Why Gayatri mantra when uh, when it is not mentioned in there only? So, Gayatri is a meter. Like in different in poetry, you have different meters. First, we must understand that the Gayatri is the meter in which the mantra has been given. Now, the purpose of mantra was that there are sound rhythms which are also evocative. It was a study done uh, or a discovery made by the rishis that when sound comes out in a certain rhythm, it has its power, which we can understand in everyday life. When you say the same thing in a beautiful rhythmic way, and when you say the same thing in a very, uh, you know, um, harsh way, the effects are different. For instance, if you want to ask knowledge, and you say, grant me knowledge, and if you say, grant me knowledge, now there is a difference. So the mantra was a way through which these sounds were, you know, uh, the sound symbols were meant to open the doors to whatever deity we were invoking. Now, in Gayatri Mantra, it is the sun, Savita. So, what is the sun? Sun is the symbol of light and heat. He is the creatrix consciousness. That is how we look at the sun. Entire earthly life is managed by the sun. and But the most characteristic aspect of the sun is light and heat. So this light which comes from the sun is the symbol of knowledge. So it the mantra in, is uh, you know invoked in the mind to create better understanding. That is how the mantra runs. So whether we use the word knowledge or light or understanding, essentially we are invoking something in the mind like a light in the mind which will give us true knowledge. Now obviously this knowledge is not uh, uh, technical knowledge. But it creates a ground for any kind of knowledge. If there is, imagine in a room you want to study anything. You first need light. If light is not there, if it is all dark, then whatever we study, it will always remain imperfect. So through the Gayatri Mantra, the invocation was to make the mind a mind of knowledge, to make our understanding clear, as clear as daylight. Now, with this understanding, whatever we read, whatever we see, books that we read, people whom we meet, whatever contact or impact comes within us will be seen in a new light. So, it was to mold the mind or to grow in the mind a new kind of light in which we look at the world anew and then whatever we understand will be a truer understanding and a deeper understanding of the essence of things. To just give an example... Of the difference. Now when as a child people used to write an essay on cow. So you can write about cow as cow has four-legged creature, 
एटसेट्रा एटसेट्रा नो इट गिव्स मिल्क ऑल दिस दिस इज वन अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफ द काउ बट इन व्हेन वी वर चिल्ड्रन आई एम श्योर योर स्कूल आल्सो हैज समथिंग सिमिलर सो व्हाट वाज द फर्स्ट सेंटेंस वी यूज्ड अबाउट द काउ वी यूज्ड टू से गौ हमारी माता है नाउ इट इज वेरी स्ट्रेंज कैसे मां हो गई नाउ If you really now, when we look at it, that how the cow is your mother, it's not about the milk she gives and all these things we give, but it has deep Vedic connotations. That the word cow itself, go, means light. So we are born from the light. It was like right at the beginning we were told that she is a symbol of light, and light is our origin, and not darkness. So now this understanding, looking at the same cow. one person looks at it as a four legged animal and the person is right another person looks at the cow and says she is the symbol of the mother who gives plenty to us kamadhenu she is the giver of things milk knowledge she is the one everything that comes out of her is nothing but a gift of knowledge so this is a different this light which makes us see the same thing differently in a new and more comprehensive way is the light that is being invoked by the rishi rishi vishwamitra rest is you see technical details it's no point you know whether it is written in rigveda or whether it is of course it is there but those things are really not important get the essence of things that's what i am trying to say say for instance there are people who don't know sanskrit are they to be barred from receiving true knowledge no there are people who believe see that is how sects are formed that no only in this way for somebody it works very well through a knowledge of sanskrit for somebody else it may be any kind of language where the person says i want light you think god will withhold his light from him no he will give it so this is what we must understand that while form is important all this is important most important is the inner state if i say gayatri mantra every day and i don't have this urge for knowledge if i do it mechanically if i do it because my parents have asked me to do it its effect will be much less then if i do it with the true understanding that i want light in my mind of course i may want light not only in my mind but in everything in the body cells so you can go beyond the mantra so we will not limit ourselves to anything in this world because the vedas are still being written see there is an aspiration which many of you may carry i carry that aspiration i want light not only in the mind i want light everywhere in the darkness in subconscious in my physical self i don't find a prayer written like that in the ancient traditions should i stop no i must follow my own aspiration that's what is the essence behind what we are trying to con- communicate okay thank you so much alokda for such an elaborate ex- um, explanation i am sure your concept is clear shashwat yeah i can see that uh, saransh mishra has a question sir uh, suresh unmute saransh yes saransh sir i have a question as you said while speaking that the name of god is just like a filter So, sir, can you elaborate on this? Sir, how to practice it, and how can it be working as a filter? Ah, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what I meant is that when we name of God is a filter, no, that's what. Yes. So, 
this is one of the ways we can look at it. See, when we receive things from the world, we are receiving all kinds of things. We are not aware of it. It's not only the vibration. We are receiving fear. We are receiving jealousies. We are receiving hatred. We are receiving desires. All kinds of things. Imagine when you <laughs> go to a market. Suddenly you feel like buying something. Have you experienced that suddenly you are seized with an anger for no reason? Jisko bolte na, mood kharaab ho gaya. Suddenly there is depression coming in. Why? Because we are surrounded by a sea of vibrations. And it's very difficult to even recognize, let alone cut off. Sometimes the friend with whom I am walking and a good friend may be in a bad mood. And without my realizing, I am contaminated with that mood. So we must have some kind of a filter through which automatically everything gets filtered. Now when we think about God or take his name, it becomes like a surrounding aura around us. Like a protective aura when we take God's name. It has that power within it. He comes and he surrounds us. And when he surrounds us, that means everything now that comes, whether it be a virus, whether it be a fear, whether it be jealousy, hatred, it will go through that filter. And when something goes through God, you can imagine what will happen. He will not let any of those things touch us. And even if for some reason they touch us because some spot is weak, he will immediately rectify and mend it. Because that's the power of the filter that we can create. We can use another term like it creates an envelope, protective envelope. That's not really important whether we use filter or not. But it's to filter out the vibrations that we receive from the world. We are not awake, uh, aware of this. We think that it doesn't matter whom we meet, where we go, we attend a marriage, we attend a party function, we meet people, we watch the television. All this is a sea of vibrations and chaotic vibrations. And the reason there is so much malady in the world. But we cannot isolate ourselves. It's not possible. And we are not meant to. We are meant to be leading in life. So taking God's name creates a kind of Buffer all around like an envelope which prevents things from entering and directly impacting us. They get modified, they get annulled and sometimes they will also get transformed. So this is the power of God's name. <clears throat> Sturbindo has gone on to say when there will be a change in our entire consciousness then we don't even have to worry about taking God's name. Automatically there will be immunity. That is what Sri Krishna tells to uh, Arjuna, that take my name and go through the battle of life. So that even if you fall, whatever may happen, all the time you will be in a safe zone. You will be carried by me. Even death will not come near. It will have to <laughs> take permission from this surrounding environment. It's the atmosphere of God that becomes the filter. Yes. So, Kavishtua? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Sir, you said that God never punishes us for our mistakes. But what about those people who do 
in atrocious things intentionally does god punishes them yes so what what do you think god should do if somebody is doing atrocious things can he pass on the buck to the people they will say but you are the creator so what he does is he changes them now in the course of changing what we call as punishment is nothing but going through an intensive disciplining method through which people change it is not punishment punishment is a way to look at it i'll give an example when when we are uh, our handwriting is not good so the teacher asks us to write 10 times now we may look at it like a punishment or we may look at it like a way through which we improve our handwriting so in god's dictionary there is nothing like punishment he cannot pass the responsibility to somebody else he says okay i will help you become better in that course he will make us go through experiences which will help us become better and better so in his consciousness it is only love sometime where a moms or a teacher deprives us of something is it because she wants to punish us or is it because she loves us so that's what i am trying to say that god only loves but sometimes out of his love for us when he sees that we are doing things which are very as you said atrocious so she may even say no give the remote in my hands no tv for this 2 hours now this is at a miniature scale at a mega scale it would mean taking away from us certain things which we may think is punishment but it is because we were misusing those things and because of which our consciousness was going in a different direction so that is how he helps us to become better and better they are not punishments they are ways of changing us but he need not go through this way if we listen to the mom understand then you know she need not snatch away the remote so he gives us the option we can change by in a simpler way in a much better way but if we resist the change then sometimes he creates a kind of situation through which change is imposed upon us but that is never done as an act of punishment it is always an act of love because the will behind this action is to change and not to give by punishment see what is the difference punishment is where you say you did a wrong thing therefore you are punished what what is what does it mean i am doing paying something for my past punishment is looking into the past and what is change change is looking into the future whatever i may have done and for whatsoever i need to become a better human being that's all that is in god's view he is always moving in the future tense towards the uh, toward the future so what i am doing today may be a consequence of the past but that's not god's business his business is to take us towards the future so that is how we have to look at it whereas when we use the word punishment you did this therefore you are being punished but for god you did this therefore today this happened but i will take you to the future through this road or that road that's what i meant when i said he doesn't punish but he changes us and helps us and even when he is taking us through a tough passage he doesn't leave us he comes with us and at any point of time if we say god this is enough i want to change i have a sincere will to change then all the circumstances change situations change because he is waiting for that moment to come within okay
Beautiful. <laughs> yes. So, Palak, you have a question, I believe. Ma'am, am I audible? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, sir, for your beautiful words. Uh, many of my questions are answered, but uh, one question is still not answered. That um, uh, from um, from the very much like from my past, I've been like listening that our destiny depends on our karma. Whatever we have do in our past life, we uh, we will face in the future, or like it will depend on our like, destiny. And destiny has a means. that um, um we cannot decide where we will get birth like uh, in a poor family or in any rich family or any in uh, we will go in president family or any anywhere so it will it depends on our karmas what we have done in our past life so, so this uh, question is that uh, does our destiny depends on our karmas whatever we are doing like in our past okay so implicit within this question the law of karma basically is the idea that being born in a rich family is a blessing what if it is not see what if it is a curse to be born in a rich family i am taking another extreme both duryodhana and karna and arjuna they are all if you look at it karna's life can be a good example but look at it like this that both arjuna and duryodhana or bhima and duryodhana they are bo- both born in rich families they are both prince but what they make of that being a prince is what matters so basically law of karma is this that depending upon our past we have certain things in the present but it is not a reward or punishment reward or punishment is how we deal with it and what we make of it Duryodhana messed it up by a certain kind of attitude he took towards life. Bhima and Pandavas turned it into a blessing. If you see outwardly, who had a more difficult life, Pandavas or Kauravas? Pandavas, isn't it? Born in the forest, again and again they had to go to the forest. Who had a more difficult life, Draupadi or wife of Duryodhana? Draupadi. and yet look at the paradox yet krishna is with them so obviously if we say that because we did some papa and punya therefore you know we get uh, outer life then pandava must have been great papis in their previous life to get this kind of a difficult life where they lose the game they have to be abandoned in the forest born in the forest they have to fight a gori war even for a little spot for their feet to eventually they won but look at the uh, challenge of the life so basically this idea that karma and reward and punishment makes it very mechanical then where is the role of god where is grace so basically this uh, thought that it's such a mechanical law has been created by human beings who believe that there should be a mechanical justice but in real life and in god's vision justice is not this way look at when a tiger chases the deer who is likely to win most likely tiger but deer is a nice guy he is a vegetarian why should he lose that's how we will think but that's not how nature operates nature challenges the deer through the tiger and therefore what the deer develops 
it develops swiftness and in his own right is speed what does the tiger develops strength and power of stealth so karma basically means whatever energy we allow in this world that energy will grow in us as simple as that now when that energy grows in us we may use it to good use we may use it to a bad use it's that will decide future course look at ghatotkach he is a rakshasa's child all the energies are dark energies that's why at night he is uh, you know so powerful but ghatotkach has a moment when he has to make a choice and he puts all his rakshasi shaktis at the service of the divine work and that makes him immortal so basically he had increased these energies inside him because he was a rakshasa and he increased these energies but he used this energy to a most wonderful work in a war where god himself needed him so at the end of the day outer circumstances whether we are rich poor all this is not so important we give it importance we think for god also it's a big thing that you know he is born in a rich family a person may be born in a rich family but full of a very weak body full of diseases full of unhappiness but a person may be born in a poor family but he may be the one who becomes strong because he has faced the challenge of life that person may be naturally happy he may not need anything outside to be happy so rich and poor is very often i can tell you that being born with all the riches may not necessarily be a blessing that's what the bible says and that's what most of the mystics have said because it will make us lazy it will make us take life for granted we have never faced the challenge so we never you know take uh, we we don't bring out the best from within whereas when we have challenges in life then the best comes out so which is a blessing which is a reward to have challenges in life or to have comforts in life so you see the way we read god's intention is not exactly how he works towards you know when he wants us to grow he gives us challenges which may mean extreme situations maybe a poor family like pandavas but what we do with it that is again the difference of karna's life karna's life had a challenge if he wanted he could have become really a a ideal ideal human being what what he did he made the mission of his life to prove that he is better than arjuna what a pitiable aim he didn't need to do this so that's how we have to understand that it's not about whether we are born rich or poor see look at krishna himself he is born in a prison what a miserable fortune look at the life of rama they were all god incarnate so would we say that rama and krishna were big sinners that's why they had such a difficult life so obviously this theory of popular theory of karma is too mechanical and mathematical to be true so and they don't leave any room for grace as if grace cannot change everything grace can change everything that is what is the lesson of all the great ones even in the gita you will not find the law of karma speaking all this this is our own invention the gita says if we do karma in a state of darkness without caring for anything mechanically then it tends to cloud us it tends to make our consciousness dark and heavy same karma and when we do the same karma with an idea of ego and selfishness 
desire, it will bring us temporary happiness, temporary sorrow. And when we do the same karma, exactly the same karma, with a sattvic consciousness, with the idea of what is right and what is not right, then it brings into us light and happiness. Exactly the same karma. So what really is karma? Karma is not the outer act, but the state in which we are doing it. That is the whole teaching of the Gita. Krishna is asked to kill. Is it a good karma or a bad karma? Well, if, Krishna, if Arjuna did it out of deep-rooted hatred and vengeance, then it won't be a good karma. He may enjoy the kingdom, but he will never really be inwardly happy. But if he does the same karma with the idea as he does subsequently, that this is the will of the divine for the sake of dharma, to create a better world. India is unsafe in the hands of the likes of Duryodhana. If he does the same karma with this idea, also as a Kshatriya, that it's my duty to protect the uh, you know, righteous. If I abandon the arms, all those who are subject, they are the ones who will bear the onslaught of a king like Duryodhana. Same karma he does. And he grows into the likeness of God. So karma is not about a mechanical action. It's about the state of consciousness in which we do what we do. And its results are not outer, but inner. It is like when you do a karma in an unselfish way, you feel inwardly joy and peace. When you do the same karma with an extreme inner selfishness, then it takes away our joy and peace. These are the inner results of karma. This is just one example. So karma is an inner mechanism to help us grow towards vastness, towards light. Its purpose is growth, learning and growth, not reward and punishment. Outer things like richness and poverty, that's not the main consideration. The main consideration is inner richness and inner poverty. There are people who are rich outwardly, but they are poor inside. Is it a blessing? No. There are people who are poor outside like Kabir, but very rich inside. Is it a punishment that they were poor? No. So let us focus on our inner riches, inner wealth, inner attitudes, inner state of consciousness. And if we have the right consciousness, it doesn't matter what challenges of life we have through whatever karmas in the past. See, this is the problem of the karma theory. It turns back to the past. But what is important is what we can do today. So more than karma is purusharth and grace. This is the set of circumstances I have in life. It doesn't matter because of past life, this life, that life. Now, where do I want to take it further? That is the challenge given to me. And if I just focus on that, life will grow beautiful. Sarthak Mishra? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, sir. And uh, it is always so beautiful to listen about that inner fellow inside us. Sir, uh, there were two things that you said. One was that uh, whatever we are releasing in the world is what uh, is what is increasing within us. And sir, the second is when we are happy from the heart, even less energy lasts longer and enthusiasm develops in us. So, sir, what are the means through which we can keep our heart uh, happy from inside? Ah. Wonderful question. This second one I'll take. First one, tell me later. The way to be happy in the heart is to love. 
लव 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 योर सेल्फ लव एवरीबडी अराउंड लव दिस वर्ल्ड लव प्लान ट्रीज एनिमल्स लव गॉड लव इज द फीडर ऑफ जॉय एंड वेन एवर ए पर्सन इज डेफिशियंट इन जॉय दैट मीन्स देर इज डेफिशियंसी ऑफ लव वाइटामिन एल इज डेफिशियंट देर फोर केमिकल जे जॉय इज मिसिंग इन द सिस्टम एंड देर फोर डिजीज डी इज एंटरिंग इन टू द पिक्चर and why we are unable to feel that love because many times you know we want somebody to love us there are one kind of people who develop like oh so and so must love me so and so doesn't love me so what happens as a result they are all the time wanting this dose of love from outside so if they get it very nice but you can't get always unlimited dose of love from outside so they suffer whereas if you take it that love is important let me love nobody can stop you from loving this creation you don't need to have one person to love love everything and everybody around you and you see the heart will be so happy even in the extreme adversity you will be happy why because you know how to love so even if we don't love god god after all when you love creation it's a way of loving god only it is his creation so when you love this creation you love god so love things love people love men love human beings love animals love plants and you see tremendous joy will come inside and what was the first question about inner and outer yes sir sir this was answered by this answer sir actually it was that how can we release joy outside to be happy from inside so sir if we love everyone then we will like release love and get love inside yes yes release the energy of love radiate joy and it will come back from every side manifold this world is suffering because of that okay because we don't know how to love we have forgotten how to love <laughs> thank you sir love things thank you sir yes sir what is the role of luck in our life <laughs> what is the role of luck in our life is that the question okay so luck is the name like chance like random like fate when we don't understand how things happen so there is nothing really like luck but we use this word because we don't know why things happen or how they happen so but what we call as luck is the result of a play of forces let us say for example that there is a little accident where a cycle two cycle people coming from different directions they clash into each other now we use the word luck or let us say that we applied for a you know lottery and we got a lottery that will be more a correct example isn't it that we somebody applies for a lottery and one gets a lottery and then we say that it is luck now we use the word luck because we don't understand why out of 10000 people why did i get it or somebody appears in a competition in which 100 get selected and 20000 don't get selected again we use the word luck because everybody had tried their best and everything but it is simply because we don't understand that there are many forces that work in the world to create any given event there is nothing like randomness but yes it's too much for our mind to comprehend all the universal forces that are playing around therefore we use the word luck 
as a way of saying, I don't know how this happened. So luck literally means that I don't know how this happened. I'll give you a little example of the story of Einstein. So Einstein once was going with a friend on a trail and he was lost in his thoughts and he hit a branch of a tree, low branch. And then Einstein suddenly became quiet in a very reflective mood. So the friend asked, what happened? He said, you know, the whole universe conspired to create this event. Is it not true? The fact that the two were there at a point of time, the entire configuration of the universe, which is all the time in motion, in some way or the other, led to this event. And this is a small insignificant event. What was the probability of this happening? Probably zero. Yet it happened. The same way all the events that look as random are because there is a very complex world play where all the forces are constantly acting, jostling and what we see at the end is a last common resultant. Now this, in that common resultant, what we have done is only one aspect but not the only aspect. So there are many things which are happening simultaneously. And since we cannot keep track of all those forces, we use the word luck. But what is the way to make sure that you know all these forces are aligned in a beautiful way? Very simply, that there is the one divine who is the master of creation. He is in every element. And therefore, if we turn to him, then he simultaneously takes care of the entire universe. And of course, keeping us also in as part of the whole play. He is not make it centered around us. That he will not do because that's not how universe operates. So luck is simply the last end result which is presented to us uh, as a result of a very complex play of the universe. But this is also not the last. What is more important for us should not be uh, why things happen, what happened. The important question is, what do I do with what has happened? That's what our focus should be constantly on the future. I have a lottery. So what do I do now with the lottery? That's more important than how I got a lottery. I may throw away this wonderful chance or that getting of that money may help me to make my future better. One last story with which we can stop about luck. There was a man who after death it's a story so after death he goes to uh, you know wherever and uh, he is told that you uh, you have been a very horrible person in your life but you did a few good deeds so you for the good deeds you will get 3 minutes in heaven otherwise your life will rot in hell <laughs> till you are reborn so <laughs> what do you want first he says send me to heaven so he goes to heaven, he has three minutes. What does he do? Now he starts gifting away all the things that are in heaven to everybody. Now, because he is gifting these heavenly things, his future is improving. His uh, length of stay becomes more and more. Now everybody is very nervous. What to do with this man? So they tell him, see, you can't go on like this. So, what we are going to do is we want to tell you, you can ask one boon and after that leave heaven. He says, okay, so what is your boon? I want to have the vision of God. Vishnu. So God appears before him 
and then all those who are attendants around they say okay now your time is up come to hell he says how can somebody who has the vision of god ever go to hell ask him so <laughs> narayana smiles and says no no he has to be freed now so you see his luck was very bad <laughs> because of his deeds but he turned it into a great blessing and used it in such a way that those 3 minutes of heaven became for him a means for everlasting immortal life okay so more important is what we do with what we receive yes ma'am so actually i want to ask you mentioned that god is everywhere and i really agree that yes god is everywhere with us and we can invite uh, and request god to come and uh, like we can have a chat with uh, him but i want to ask sir like in newspapers we read some this robbery happened this case happened then these questions like linger in my mind where was god that at that time like if we take uh, uh, nirbhaya's case where god was there where was the god so but that's exactly what i said that he is everywhere but we have shut him out there is something which we have to do see that's the whole beauty of the play it is not like an automatic presence otherwise this world would have been wonderful but precisely we have a little role to play and that's why we must get into you can take it like this that you have a phone with you but you have to activate it without activation it is like an inert presence so the divine has two aspects one is like a witness presence and this witness presence also has a role to play so as you said in the case of you know nirbhaya case or many other cases what does he do he takes despite all the evil the 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 you know pain the torture and torment he is the one who gives the inner strength to go through all this which is unbearable otherwise not only to the person who departs but also to you know parents and everybody he gives that strength but this is like a silence presence silent presence inside why doesn't he over you know override everything because we need a kind of openness otherwise if he rushes inside with all the strength and everything we won't be able to bear it and most importantly because in this play everybody is involved it's not just about one person about all the people involved in the play who are staging this act but when we start acknowledging the presence and we start inviting him calling him then we open the door to the intervention that's what is important so the other side of god where he dynamically engages with us is where our role comes in so when we treat him like a passive presence then he remains like a passive presence but when we treat him like a living person who can intervene he will intervene now i don't know about this instance what was the inner connection with god but i am sure wherever there has been an inner connection that is the story of draupadi even in the most dangerous situation there will be an intervention but this connection we have to form so we are given options see that is why through these choices we evolve if i take it that no i don't care about god i want to grow with my own strength god will allow us he will not say don't do it he will say all right do it your way and we'll go through it learn grow go through life death all this process or we can equally say 
वेल आई विल डू माई बिट बट आई वॉन्ट यू टू बी विद मी ऑल द टाइम देन दैट रोड बिगिन्स टू ओपन फॉर अस इन अवर लाइफ सो वाइल ही इज देयर एवरी वेयर इन एवरी थिंग वी नीड टू फॉर्म दैट लिंक दैट इज वॉट आई वॉज ट्राइंग टू से दैट टू एक्नोलेज द प्रेजेंस कॉल हिज नेम इनफैक्ट इफ वन कॉल्स द नेम आई कैन टेल यू इवन सच फोर्सेज विल नॉट कम नियर यू If they come near us, it means we opened the doors. If whoever is the person was really calling God's name, and I have seen it in my own life and many other lives, you will see that danger will come and pass away. It will not enter. It will not touch. Last minute, there will be an intervention. But unfortunately, this is not a knowledge which we gather. We take it. Life is coming, going in its own way. Let's enjoy it. Let's you know. have some fun i am the one so because of that we close the doors to the intervention that's the uh, tragedy unfortunately that such a wonderful help is available all the time but we need to do our bit okay thank you so much krinali adds uh, pralad's example to this she has written in the chat box that i am reminded of pralad how he took everything how how he could bear all the hardships because of his immense faith in god Yes, one last question. Yes, ma'am. Yes, uh, that's the last question, right? Sir, yes. I wanted to ask that uh, what is the relation between uh, our luck and uh, uh, and luck and the God? We often like uh, if one day we have a bad luck, so we often blame it uh, to God. That uh, 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 we often blame it to God. So, like, what is the relation between uh, luck and God? Is it because of god only luck because of god luck uh there is god ultimate manager or ultimate uh, malik and there are many players in the play so let's take it like this that in a house you want to build a house okay now you have decided something should be should happen but the to build a house means many persons will come into the play there will be the person who will make the drawing somebody will lay the bricks somebody will do the plumbing somebody will do the electrical thing finally the house will be ready so god is the ultimate owner of this place called universe but there are many other beings who come into operation to build this world that is the beauty of this world it's not like a mechanical automatic system where he built a robo and he you know pressed the button and robo worked so that's where these forces <laughs> come into play and they create a good house or a bad house and yet that's the beauty if you are connected with the owner he will ensure that the bad house will become a good house or you will get a house which you need or you deserve he will he will have his own way he will push the forces that is the difference between those who form a connection with god and those who just let things go their own way so there are many many forces many beings which will create a situation now we use the word bad and good actually they don't exist as i said that bad and good will depend on what you do with what you get one may get a small room and turn it a prison into a place of ashram and meditation like sure bindu's life and one may be the president of a you know uh, most powerful country 
and yet messes up, mess it up so badly that one is all the time living as if in a prison. So there is nothing like good luck or bad luck. There are situations, circumstances and how we deal with it and what we do with it that will turn into something good or bad. So that's what I am saying. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It is what we do with it that is important. And if we do it, do it with connection with the divine, then he will ensure that whatever we are doing, he will add his bit into it and change it into something very beautiful, something which is uh, wonderful, which is like a blessing. Even the most seemingly impossible situation will turn into a great blessing. Alright? So, thank you so much. <laughs> Let our life be a blessing of love. God's love. But thank you so much, Alokji, for taking thank out so much you, time for, for our students. And especially the question answers are a very important part of your talk. Because they, yeah, they just answer all the doubts. And there shouldn't be doubts in fogs in children's mind. So, eternal gratitude to you. And we would like that you give us more time. And we are able to get more talks from you. Maybe even once a month, Alokji, would keep the flow going in the children. If that is a possibility from you, Alokji. Surely, surely you will meet. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alokji. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alokji. Um, it's a pleasure listening to you. And uh, such a beautiful thing you said. Life is magic if you live with his presence and talk to it continuously. Uh, children, you. children, uh, perhaps you, know, you can live with this thought. You can practice it. The school has always insisted on it. And another one, karm, is about purusharth and grace. So let us not go back to uh, my old acts for these. It is what you do, in what kind of consciousness, what act you are doing. I think we can hang on to these two and uh, uh, put them into practice in our life. Then we shall have uh, achieved the aim of this particular talk. Uh, immensely grateful uh, to you. Uh, thank you so much for sparing so much time thank and answering you. all the questions so patiently. And I can see the happiness on their face. Thank you so much.